You're listening to Security Speaking, the SSI podcast. With a diverse array of offerings and deep expertise, Paladin Technologies is emerging as one of North America's largest complex systems integrators. In this episode, Paladin's leadership team shares how the company is putting substance behind proven conventions for success, such as strong culture, high technical IQ, and exceeding expectations. I wanted to start just by kind of going around and having everybody real briefly introduce themselves and just, you know, give like a sentence or two of your your current role and your uh, industry experience. So I'm looking at the way things lay out for me clockwise. And so I'll just start first uh, with Stephanie. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so I'm Stephanie. I'm uh, the Director of Marketing and Communications here at Paladin. I've been with Paladin for, I'm in my sixth year. And prior to this, I was working in our guarding division. And then as Paladin Technologies grew to the brand it is today, I shifted focus to our tech side. In uh, in my role, I have an amazing team that oversees our pursuits nationally. So we work in close collaboration with business development and the executive team on uh, large opportunities. As well, we have uh, oversight over all of our digital assets and we work um, tightly with HR on both recruitment and internal communications, um, as well as employee engagement. So that's me. Excellent. Thank you, Stephanie. Continuing on, we have uh, Joe. Hey, how you doing today? Um, yeah, so I've been uh, with, I was with the first acquisition. Uh, my name is Joe Morris, um, Vice President with Paladin. Um, was with the first acquisition that, um, that Paladin merger, and uh, I was about three years ago. So it, it gives me a total of about 12 years with Paladin technically. Uh, my role is uh, is growth in the U.S. right now, so uh, a lot in business development, uh, as well as uh, helping build teams um, in different regions um, to be able to support our customer base. Very good. Thank you, Joe. David? Yeah, David, so I'm uh, so VP of technology. I uh, joined... Uh, uh, into the security industry in 2008, and uh, was also came into Paladin uh, with a with a merger. Uh, so mostly, I'm looking after design, uh, kind of for for the business um, wherever that takes us. For the most complex um, um, problems, we'll 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 bring our design team to bear. I also look after our uh, internal infrastructure, IT infrastructure, um, and securing that that end of the business as well. Very good, thank you. Ian? Excellent, uh, EVP Eastern Canada. Uh, Ian Morton joined uh, six years ago. So at the time, uh, Paladin just uh, organically with me and then building the team grew. Uh, Ontario, Quebec, Atlantic Canada. Uh, so we've, um, we've made uh, some, uh, some merger decisions uh, since then and we've been expanding throughout uh, that region quite significantly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I'd like to hear sort of the elevator pitch, if you will, of where the company has come from to get where it is today and where the integration piece fits into the big picture of the operation. So who would like to jump in on that? 
Well, I'll start perhaps just with uh, my view of where the company has come from. We've evolved um, basically as, a, as an organization, HAL and security systems at the uh, initiation, uh, a complementary company to a guarding business, Paladin Security. Uh, Paladin uh, Security Systems were really for that DNA of the Paladin group of companies, which is huge customer service focus. Um, its DNA is about being passionate about what we do, living up to our commitments, uh, great teamwork. And then uh, the evolution of Paladin Security Systems into Paladin Technologies was um, was. Uh, really accelerated through thoughtful mergers of companies like the one David came from and like Joe came from, uh, where we bring in uh, with that uh, investment, regional expansion, tremendous expertise, talented people, uh, and, uh, and really focus uh, more and more at the leading edge of the integration business and away from being a conventional um, alarm and service and uh, basic needs type of company. Uh, that, that's, that's basically the summary of, of how I see the businesses as involved. Mm -hmm. Anyone want to add to that? So about how many employees are there today and how many are part of the integration side of the business? Well, I'll just clarify that the businesses are, um, are really sister. There's uh, a couple of common shareholders at the, at the head of the business, but Paladin Technologies is its own business. So essentially everyone in that business is part of the integrated business. Uh, and we just work collegially across the lines to solve customer uh, problems, opportunities on uh, wherever they may exist with any of the sister, with, with any of the group of companies. Um, so... As far as the numbers uh, go, uh, Stephanie, I, I think you were going to tackle anything related to HR. Yeah, yeah. So our employee base is nearly a thousand people now across North America, and we we count within that our electrical group, which operates in the Pacific, which is Action Electric. Uh, so we have quite an extensive group uh, in in terms of that reach, and then with with Pallet and Security guarding group on the other side that adds thousands and thousands of more people, but integration solely, we're just, we're near a thousand people. And roughly the size of the client base? <sighs> 10,000. We do have a, a base of alarm customers and others with service needs. And then we have our integrated client base, which is obviously a, a smaller number, but a substantially bigger volume of revenue. And what would you say are some of the core verticals that, that you specialize in? I can we, take that, or do you want? Well, you got it. Yeah. You can yeah. Sure. So, yeah, we, we, we have a hard time defining our verticals, um, given that we really focus on solving kind of, and we're, we're, we're best um, situated when we're, we're solving complex problems. So, so that brings us into to all sorts of, you know, regulated environments be uh you know energy generation transmission um to uh healthcare to to government uh institutional um to uh banking enterprise business so and and it really changes based on the the region and the geography that we're, we're working in but uh you know it's it's kind of the, the vertical mix that we as we see it 
Is there a significant difference north of the border to the U.S. in terms of, you know, compliance issues for your customers and things like that? You know, what's the difference between serving U.S. versus Canadian customers? I mean, I you can, probably I can, oh, you know the best. <laughs> yeah, I can jump in a little bit on that one. Yeah, there's there's certainly some differences, right? If you look at if you look at healthcare, you know, there's certain regulations uh, it, that they follow in Canada and out here. You have Oshawa. Uh, when you look at um, you know dealing in in the federal space, you know, with FIPS and that sort of stuff. So there's 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 different regulations that uh, regulatory bodies that we have to comply to. But at the end of the day. Um, you know, I think the, the meat and potatoes of it is pretty similar. Um, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to be putting good equipment into good infrastructure, you know, with, you know, and installing it properly, whether it's a, a UL listing or a ULC listing, you know, again, they're, they're, they're they follow a lot of the same pretexts. So, um, you know, I think, well, there's some, some little different rules. Um, a lot of it's very similar. I mean, and a, a great example would be gaming. Um, and, and that changes not only province to province, but state to state. So, um, you know, it's something that we're, we're very good, very good at adapting to, you know, we can open up the rule book to see what we need to do to be in compliance. Um, you know, we make those minor adjustments uh, as necessary. And in some cases for some clients that I can't, um, you know, I shouldn't mention, but, um, you know, we actually help write their regulations for what their, what their security and cabling standards are, because we've worked with them for so long that, um, that their standards become embedded um, based on what we've been working on with them for the last 10 years, you know, with Ian's group and Dave's group of, of, of what we've uh, established with them. So it changes a little bit, but I think at the end of the day, it's, it's pretty much the same stuff. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, you know, the Sarbanes-Oxley, um, the act and the the NERC SIP, which is power distribution generation regulations those are north american wide so a lot of a lot of that infrastructure stuff is ends up being uh, pretty common as far as regulations go um and then it just comes down to the you know the, the get down to the regional meat and potatoes of it of uh you know fitting the the proper security technology into the to the infrastructure that's at hand and how many total locations do you have roughly did you mention that? We're at 23 locations across North America. And is Paladin Technologies offering uh, hosted video and or managed access control and those, you know, security as a service type offerings? Yes, yeah, we have a mix of our own uh, infrastructure and offerings. And then as well, we resell like the big manufacturers offerings. Um, we, we kind of see that, you know, SaaS, uh, the SaaS model is, is is uh, kind of key to solving a lot of problems for the customer and you know enabling low cost you know reliable services uh, but there's um, you know this this complexity and mix of infrastructure that we also kind of got to keep our eyes on and and a lot of customers want all of their infrastructure on prem or they want to see a, a hybrid cloud environments so the ability to move that that storage and workload from on-prem to to in the cloud. And the other thing is um, betting on one cloud solution is no longer an option either um, in that, you know, there's the, 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 the smart CIOs out there are watching it and seeing like there's, there's an Achilles heel of each of these services, whether it's Azure or AWS or, you know, another third party cloud provider. And, and they want to see their workloads be able to migrate from, from one cloud provider to another. So, so we got to be, you know, enabling that solution to, to move 
through that ecosystem. And, and that's really um, kind of focused uh, of ours to, to keep, keep the options open for, the, for the, the customer in case something does happen. Do you find that the customers have been more open to cloud-based solutions? Was that accelerated by the pandemic, do you think? I would say so, you know, you would say that like the, depending on what uh, point of contact we have in the customer's environment, um, the, the IT people, you know, were, were already had adopted a lot of the cloud, cloud solutions and were, were happy with it. Um, the facilities and maintenance or security teams themselves maybe had a little less comfort, which they might've been pushed over the edge with, uh, with, with COVID. Um, and the restrictions. I think the bigger thing is the was the flexibility of access that that kind of, you know, you no longer can have a uh, an air gap network or a, like a very, um, you know, static network perimeter, because all of a sudden your people are getting pushed out to working from home, and you know they're they're responsible for those facilities. So, so that the the cloud element was really enabled, or the the argument for cloud was was pushed pushed forward because of the you know. The, okay, we can't have this static network anymore. It has to be out there. So why don't we put the, the servers and storage in the cloud as well? What is the philosophy for Paladin Technologies in terms of mix of recurring revenues versus project-based revenues? You know, what is your target? Where are you at now? We, we you know, we given given the type of uh, customers we have, it's it's mostly project based, and in the, the the majority of our revenue comes from project based. It doesn't mean that there isn't a significant amount of RMR um, services along the way, but but usually it's the project that drives that. Um, so we we you know install the infrastructure, and then we do a you know a service agreement, whether that's preventative maintenance um, or a managed service agreement. Where uh, you know we're, we're we're maintaining that infrastructure and operating that effectively operating the infrastructure for the client. Um, to um, you know, there's the alarm monitoring uh, offering that we have, and then probably the other vector is uh, of revenue is is um, you know reselling the cloud services or SaaS services um, through through to the client. Um, so it's 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 definitely a mix. It's you know it's optimal to to. You know, get as much of that as we can from a, from a business perspective. But again, we're the majority of our stuff is is project based. I will add to the project base that we've had many customers well over ten years. Um, so while it is project based, we're getting some reoccurring revenue from them. But um, you know, and and that's through hard work and keeping them happy. Um, you know, giving them the best customer experience that we can. Um, yeah. But that's a little different than what Dave's talking about. Yeah, no, totally. That's a good point too, Joe. Like the, the reoccurring revenue that we get out of a large uh, customer because they have so many assets and infrastructure everywhere is is uh, is 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 you know really a good business to be in because um, you know it ends up being a program where they they spend X amount of dollars year over year and and we can kind of just you know reliably work with them to 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 go and refresh infrastructure or build new infrastructure. So I'm gathering that referrals and reputation is probably your leading source of new business um, as it should be for you know what you guys do. However, um, there's obviously marketing and uh, what are some areas that you focus on to generate interest in the business and uh, generate you know prospects and that kind of thing 
on the marketing side? What what vehicles and methodology do you, do you tend to lean on for that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we work very closely with our business development teams, and really, they we are a backing support group to our BD folks who are kind of out there telling us what the trends are. By no means am I ever stating that I'm the subject matter expert. I look for guidance from you know Dave's group, Ian's groups, Joe's groups to tell us what the trends are. And then we do the back end research. And then of course we're seeking out, you know, targeting GC electricals, partnerships, opportunities um, in the back end, any research we can find for new opportunities so that when and you know when we are in the position to respond to a large RFP, we are we're already well aware and educated of that project, who's on the project, et cetera. So we really look at it from a holistic perspective. In terms of digital, we do drive a small percentage of our leads through our website and we can towards there but I really look at our brand online uh, to help with recruitment and focus on our people we are a b2b business and lots of most of our opportunities come through those referrals and strong client relationships but where we have an active voice on social media and through our website is really to uh, share about our culture and then when we can share about the work that we're doing and just keep pushing that message of teamwork and our core values. And how would you describe the culture of Peloton Technologies and, and how is that um, reinforced and maintained? Yeah, I mean, I can start. I'm sure we can all have a nice feel about our culture because I truly feel it's something special. Uh, We really are um, like a family. Uh, We're very dysfunctional at times like a family, but we are a family. And I think the core part of that is that we're all working towards a common goal. And it starts again um, from our leadership team. They are incredibly accessible, always a phone call away. They jump on any you know, from pursuits to projects to site requirements, they will jump in and have open communication. And it's really always been an open door policy here. So I think that that also just goes through the organization in terms of culture, and we are always there to support one another. Um, It's just that really, as we mentioned earlier, there's not an internal competition. It's about internal support. We lean on each other for different hurdles that we face every day, but it's always all hands on deck when needed. And I think that just shows our employee base that we're in it together. And I think that's what makes us so special, really. <laughs> Anybody else want to add to that? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, um, when I first started in the industry, I uh, worked at two different integrators, one for one year, one for another year. Um, and then since joining the, the Paladin group, it's coming on 13 years. Um, when you enjoy going into work and culture and the people around you, it really makes the days, the months, the, the years fly by. Um, and I think that's, that's important is being able to get up, get up in the morning and want to go into work. And I think that stems from, from our culture. I, uh, I joined uh, six years ago voluntarily, like Stephanie, I'm like, uh, couple of people on this call who came in through mergers uh, and I did that for a reason I uh, had uh, as with as with all of us we've worked in the industry and other markets and uh, we have these experiences and I I, I knew that Paladin was different uh, I knew uh, Paladin was not bureaucratic 
I knew Paladin, um, its word was its bond, that if uh, a senior leader made a commitment, that it was followed through on. And, uh, and from that basis, the culture is then what we live and breathe. And, and I, I know, you know, when we have a healthy culture is when we can say to somebody and uh, have a culture conversation with them or a core value type based conversation with them, uh, as opposed to um, it being just based on opinion, it's now tied back to something that just gets stronger the next time. And then when we take actions that are related to cultural anomalies, uh, people that just aren't, uh, aren't getting it, then the, I think that shows the staff that there's accountability, that we, we mean this and uh, um, we will address it. And uh, I think that's just something we just have to continue looking at very carefully as we, we bring in new team members to make sure that they're, they're understanding that that's the way it has to be, honest and open conversation. I think just rounding that out is going back to the fact that as we have merged with other entities and formed Paladin Technologies, we, we've looked to each other for solutions. We haven't come in and said, this is the Paladin way and that's the only way. It's been analyzing best practices from every entity and through each of each acquisition or merger that we've been through, I think we've only gotten better because we've sat there and looked at what did this group do better than we did prior and how can we, you know, cultivate that into an ongoing strategy. So I'm really proud of how we continue to listen to one another and constantly look to improve and develop new solutions for how we do business. So as we sit here today, what would you say are the top two or three challenges that uh, the business is facing and maybe if you want to throw in something that in your role you're also facing? I, I would say as we continue to grow, uh, the challenge that we've touched on is our approach to bringing an acquisition or organic growth into our culture and alignment um, quicker. We've been relatively slow and patient, which is a good thing in uh, bridging these teams in, but our growth is accelerating and we have to accelerate with it. So I think uh, we've got a good lens on that. Uh, I think the other factor though is um, Joe's in this in this boat in, in the U.S. Uh, as we're entering into new markets and uh, um, we perhaps have a core competency in one or two areas is we have to expand into three or four or five and deliver what we fulfill on. So sharing that learning, that expertise um, as, as we continue to grow is, is hard and it's some, somewhat of a breaking point for other larger uh, multinationals in this industry and in that you can't be all things to all people in every market. So the commitments we make have to be controlled and they have to be realistic and they have to be deliverable, but they can't stop us being aggressive and stretching. Otherwise we wouldn't grow. So managing that balance is critically important to me. And I, I think, you know, the, the, you know, as the, the business scales up, the, um, the entrepreneurial, um, you know, regional agility focus, um, you know, we can, we can kind of maintain that. Um, but, you know, as we collaborate and the, the team gets larger and larger, you know, we're, we're far past Dunbar's number of, you know, hundred people kind of, but, but as, as the, 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 the business gets, gets larger and you got to maintain these, these various connections, that, that is a complexity that, that uh, is, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna hamper our, our kind of just 
lean mean capabilities uh, to, to to be able to deploy and always know the right people to call and and and, and lean on. Uh, but I think at the same time, you know, we're, we there's there's more tools and 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 collaboration uh, uh, platforms that enable us to to work better together at a distance too. That's uh, and and communicate um, more rapidly. That that's that's going to help us overcome that as well. I think. Yeah, I, I think mean. Oh, Joe, you can go. Joe, you go. No, you go ahead. Okay. I would add two things. One, um, just in terms of when we're seeking new opportunity, um, refining and kind of aligning to both like regional goals and then what are our multinational goals and, you know, being a little more choosy about what we're going to dedicate a team towards uh, chasing down a pursuit. We've spent, um, you know, Paladin Technologies as a brand has been in existence since 2017. So we did a lot of work to establish ourselves in the market. And now people, you know, really know who we are. And it, now it's about maybe scaling back a bit in times and being more selective about the work we take on. And then further to that is ensuring that we're constantly uh, hiring and retaining new people and uh you know developing our people as well as 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 ian i think touched on before we need to ensure that our our talent is um is constantly growing we have an incredible performance management program where managers directly coach employees to ensure that they're reaching goals and we measure them against our core values so it really does uh strive everything we do but i think just scaling uh, quickly and and being selective about about where we where we focus will be key. Mm -hmm. And and Stephanie said everything I was going to say and better right there. So uh, well done. <laughs> so what do you guys think for twenty twenty one? How's the year going to turn out? Do you think security wise? I mean, I think it's going to turn out uh, you know another record year for us. Um, things are. Things are, we've got a huge backlog. Things are going really well, even in a, um, coming out of COVID. Um, so, I mean, from what I see out here, things look very, very positive. Um, you know, I could uh, defer to some of the other guys on the team here. Uh, from my standpoint, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's knock on wood here. It's, uh, it's looking very good. So, Continuing the year-over-year -year growth we've seen uh, repeatedly, um, quite, I think, quite an accomplishment coming through a pandemic year. Uh, I think uh, having the confidence of, um, of our vendor community, our client community, is through this that we haven't, when we've made these quick adjustments to the business to, to react, that we've come through this, still met our commitments, I think is, is going to serve us well. So. I think uh, this this year is a very strong year, and uh, it's it's really a trampoline into uh, just uh, you know a great great future over the next coming years. We appreciate your interest and encourage you to subscribe to Security Sales and Integration and its newsletters. Regularly visit securitysales.com for the latest news and follow SSI on social media.